it's recording. Ah, oh, do, do I do I even? That was a long sigh. That was a long sigh. It's been a long. What day. is what is? It's been a long day. It's it's a long sigh day. It's been a long week. It's been a long week. And it's a Monday. And it's a Monday. Yeah, I just recovered from a flu. How did I go for you? It floored me. Yeah. And I'm the worst kind of sick person. You know, so there's like two kinds of sick people. There's the sick person who's like, oh, no, I'm fine. Let's just yeah. push through and fine. Whatever. And you're going to have to tie to the bed and like... Yeah. No, and, and there's like, the person's like, oh, I'm feeling under the weather. Can you please help me? And you're like, yeah, of course. <laughs> but I'm like the third secret option, <laughs> as with everything. I take the third secret option, which is I get in the foulest of moods. And I just like, leave me to die. Can't you see the plague is in this house? Just run if you want to live. I'm just like this really dramatic, but like, just leave me alone. Because then my mother calls me and she's like, oh, you sound awful. And I'm like, Fuck you! I hate you! I hate you! Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a good. I'm not a good um, receiver of healthcare, as it turns out. And how are you? I'm good. I actually, um, when I'm sick, I'm this where, where where I'm always going like, no, I'm fine. I swear, I'm fine. Even though like I'm going, I'm fine. I swear, I'm fine. And you know, like just I'm dr- okay. I'm exactly. Okay. Um, You're a martyr. What else do you need? Yeah, that's me. I, but but I had a roommate that was like kind of like you. Uh, but in the, but he always wanted to have an audience for his, like, fits. Of course. So, like, I just left the apartment that's like, you can stay here. Just do whatever you want. I don't You can matter. stay here to die. Okay. I don't matter. Just, um. The plague is here. <laughs> so welcome to Mexican. This is Mexico. Because we're Mexican. And we just can't. Let me introduce to you my co-host, Martin Leon. He's the pair of socks you get for Christmas. You didn't ask for him, but you can't deny you need him a little bit. Aww. <laughs> uh, yeah, this, this was, nice. it was a sweet one. Yeah. <laughs> Comparing you to a pair of socks. And yet, sweet. Well, you know. Yeah. If I, could, if, if I could get a man inside me twice, I wouldn't complain. Because it's a pair of socks. Okay, fine. It, it worked in my head. It, it I'm sure it worked in your ass as well. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure. There's a story there, I can say. I can say. You, can, you can tell there's a story. So anyway, let me introduce my co-host. Uh, if he were a Pride Parade float... He'd be driving out of the city. It's with Augusto. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I've got my float. Put on some John Denver. You know, some country. Just fucking off. <laughs> Why is that massive dildo doing 90, doing 19 and 80 zones? Like, my dildo is too fast for you. It cannot be stopped. Ooh, get that dildo. It's on cobblestone. My, d- my dildo is inevitable. <laughs> Did you see, there was this uh, sex shop somewhere outside Mexico City, which is, you know, like, such a small place. Like, literally <laughs> the rest of the planet. Good. You, you may have to refine that. Uh, it's, it was, I think, I think, I don't, I don't know, it was, it was close to Mexico City. It wasn't Tlaxcala, that I'm sure. Uh, it was close to Mexico City. But there was a sex shop, and, like, he, they had a guy dressed as a penis, uh, I don't know how to say. I forgot how to say botarga in English. Like a mascot suit, like a mascot yeah, exactly, suit. a mascot suit, but being of a penis. Of a penis. Was it an, an actual penis or was it a, a dildo? Was it no, like well, a mascot of a dildo? It was the mascot of a penis. It was like pink and veiny. Not that dildos can't be both pink. See, and that's veiny. that's the trick. 
Is, but, is he meant to represent the real thing or is he meant to represent I don't the know, representation? But he had like huge eyes and a huge smile. And there's a picture of him like dancing with a little kid. Uh, and so the authorities went and <laughs> I don't know if they arrested the person in the suit, but they forced the sex shop to seize that buffoonery. Look. <laughs> Look. I am not a prude. <laughs> that being said, few places I draw the line. Would you Giant draw? penis dancing with an underage small child. Yeah. I draw the line. I mean, it's just... It's just not good manners, <laughs> I, I, I think. It's just... I mean, just just let him decide if he wants to dance with the penis. Eventually, he will he will make up his mind. Yeah. You know, I don't know. What what are, what are your thoughts on the on the, on, the, on, on, on the dancing penis with a child? I mean, I think we need better sex education, but I don't think that dancing with a penis counts as sex education. Well, um, now you can tell us you were that kid, weren't you? No, you were the mascot suit. No. <laughs> this is you. You're that. That's your superhero persona. It's just <laughs> like a massive penis, just cheering up children. It's like have it's okay, heard, officer. Have you heard how some people refer? This is this is becoming really not safe for work really quickly. Uh, how some people refer to the ass. To the, how some people refer to the ass. The bussy. The bussy. Like pussy with with a b, because it's your butt. I'm gonna cut this out of the. I podcast. do enjoy a good portmanteau. Like, hangry. I like <laughs> hangry. hangry. Because hangry is there to do a thing. You yes. know, hangry is... Actually, I'm about to start a new podcast. Not that I'm leaving you. Not Please that... Not that, not that... Not that the spice has run out of this relationship Please don't leave me. But I'm about to start a new podcast with a fellow linguist who is also a comedian. And uh, she and I have this idea of making a podcast about words. Just... That, just um, words. We'll see if we'll see how it goes. I, I know it doesn't sound inviting. No, again, it cool. Then again, does this? I mean, just like oh, oh, he's giving me the eye. I'm sorry, but the thing is, we were a person's like most listened podcaster. Yes, yes, we were. Which just made me think. I have a few podcasts I'd like to recommend to you. Just you know, so you listen to other things. Just go. Because Augusto never believes in our project. I never believed we in anything. Had, to be honest, we had honest. we had a stand up comedy show, and you could like we were there, and you, you could tell he was like, "Is this is this going to work?" No, not at all. <laughs> I, hey, was I really? Did I not do my best? I mean, you, know, you did your best. You know you me when I, you know me when I'm before a show. I'm not the most talkative. Cheerful. No, you're not person I'm, I'm usually quite quite with withdrawn so like it wasn't me this wasn't a, it's not all about you <laughs> is what i'm saying it's not all about you you egomaniacal twit just, i am not a twit <laughs> i resent that i resent that so how's your week anything uh, interesting happened just, other than just, the flu just the flu we had a show on thursday which is this new um all all lgbt well, really, old, old G, G, old really. G uh, show that we're we're trying um, with two fellow comedians, and it was it was good actually. I quite I quite liked it. I was quite nervous when they told us we've got four tickets sold. I was like, "Fuck!" Yeah. And in the end, we got a good crowd. We I got mean, a good crowd. Eight tickets sold and a lot of walk-ins, so that's good. Well, a walk-in is a walk-in is yeah. a walk-in is a walk-in. Um, it's the best kind of audience and the best kind of closet. <laughs> Uh, I've been, I, I got into, I always get into this thing. This is one of the nerdiest things that I do. Uh, there's a, there's a fanfic exchange 
like a Christmas fanfic exchange. Okay. You need to get to it on, like, they get the people for it in October, so you can have, like, a month to write. And I need to, like, give my fanfic on October, on December 14th, and I've written, like, 250 words out of, I mean, it, it can be up to 5,000 words. Up to. Yeah, and I've written to 50, and so I'm kind of, like, in, in a panic. I still want do to you have to, like, do they tell you what characters they want? Or? Yeah, 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 yeah. So what characters did you get? It's uh, Styles and Derek from, T- from Teen Wolf. Okay. It's Derek. Uh, they asked for Fluff. What is Fluff? Fluff is I mean, cute, cute stuff. Cute like, stuff. Fluff is just a cute, fluffy fan thing. You know, like, oh, they love each other, yay. Uh, and they asked for established relationships, so something that's, they're already partnered. It's just like, something cute hap- that happens. I don't Christmas. want to see the origin story of this relationship. I no. want them to be sick of each other, considering couples therapy, that kind of thing. Well, fluff. So, no, they love each other. Hey, but that's fluff in this decade. Like, fluff in this decade is a couple that is willing to go the distance. Like, that would be... See, this is why I'd be a terrible uh, fan fiction writer. Because if they gave me, like, established relationship, I'm like, oh, I'm your man. I can, I can do this. So, you know, chapter one is like... What's his name? Styles? Yeah. Styles found himself wondering if this was all there was to love. As he sat down on the therapist's couch, the therapist... Put aside his notebook and said, tell me why you're here. This is the opposite of fluff. No, it's angst. It's fluff. No, it's fluff because because it's not going to be something angsty. It's just going to be something like, remember how how we used to walk down the pier? I don't know where Tin Wolf happens. I'm assuming there's a pier somewhere. Beacon Hills, California. Beacon Hills doesn't actually exist, but it's California. So yeah, it's California. So yeah, we were walking down the pier and, you know, we held hands and it was so sweet. And how long has it been since you kissed me? Like you used to kiss me. And the other guy's like, it's not that I don't want to kiss you. It's just that sometimes you make it different because you're a bit unapproachable and the other guy's like what do you mean I'm unapproachable and then the therapist goes feeling words guys use your feeling words and that sort of thing and in the end they have a minor but relevant breakthrough and they decide to give their relationship another go that's as that's as fluffy as you can get yeah no I need fluffier than that well if you don't like my idea I I like it I like some parts of it but um, (laughs) not for a fluffy fanfic the thing is I actually read a while ago uh, a fanfic that like the thing is, you know, Sterek, which styles Derek, they, they've been around for ages, so I've read a lot of fanfic. And there was one where the, the whole thing is, like, Derek is, like, this super successful businessman, and he's, like, doing everything to, like, get up your house and, you know, car, whatever, and everything is for Styles, and Styles is just complete, like, he doesn't realize he's losing Styles because he's just so focused on his job as a lawyer or something. I always love when they like write this is his job but then they can't write any details about the job because they don't know, they don't know. because fan fiction writers do not want the research they're kind of like us well actually we so- don't want the research like, it's just like what's a lawyer's life like something to do with GLA hey, objection he's, he's staying nights at the office for the insert the last name from another he has an attractive secretary and the other guy yeah is, exactly like, feeling insecure so it was like 50,000 words of, like, angst, but at the end they have a breakthrough. It's... See, this is what I would, yeah, I would do. Yeah. It would be bleak. It would be like, and they decided to stay together for the moment. Yeah, that's The not, end, that's not question fluff. mark. 
<laughs> I need it Christmassy. I need it fluffy. Oh, it needs to be Christmas as well. Yeah. Oh, you know those werewolves and their Christmases. I mean, they just—they just won't shut up about it. Well, actually, don't you hate it when those, the, the moon comes up near Christmas and all you hear is these howling Christmas carols, just like and a partridge in a pear tree. You know that kind of. This is this is my my rendition of a partridge oh, in a pear tree, as yes, told by a teen wolf. <laughs> Actually, there are several, um, I mean, there the depends on who's writing, but there's, like, this whole, there are authors that, like, invent that they have, like, a, you know, more like a Yule-type pagan thing for... Of course they yeah, the, the, the kind Among of, them mean... The kind of people who's like, we didn't go for a Christmas tree because actually Christmas comes from the Celts. One of my favorite Sturic fanfics, uh, and you can look for it on Archive of Our Own, it's called Cupboard Love. Cupboard Love. It is okay. one of the fluffiest, not that one of the fluffiest, it's, it's actually, but it is quite fluffy. It is very romance, uh, romance style. Uh, and they have a Christmas uh, section in the fanfic in which... Uh, Derek, uh, who has a large family, takes Styles to uh, get a Christmas tree from, like, an like cut down a tree out in the property to like for their house, and it is one of the what it's it is so 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 cute. I love it, and it's one of those topics where you're like like they meet each other and they instantly fall in love with each other, and you just read a hundred thousand words for no reason because you know at the end they might kiss, and they do at the end kiss. I like this. Look, I found Cupboard Love. Which one? This one. Cupboard Love, chapter okay. one. I'm going to read it in the voice of David Attenborough. No. <laughs> According to Google Maps, it's a 20 minute drive outside of town near the state park to the weird side road where Derek Hale lives. The local bus routes don't go anywhere near it, and there aren't any e- there aren't even any convenience stores nearby gripping stuff. <laughs> just like, the lack of convenience stores just it, it's got me. Just a forest, really, which hey, maybe Derek Hale is a kind of mountain man who never shaves and spends all of his time in the wilderness after Spoiler a bad alert, divorce kind or of something. It. It's possible. Or it was possible, right up until Stiles realises that the high stone fence along the road wasn't protecting the state park, but demarcating the line of Derek Hale's property. He figures it out once he hits the large gate, with an intercom system that Stiles has to have hang out of the driver's side window of his jeep to reach. It's important to mention he's driving a jeep. No, it is really important, because that's his car in the series. Oh, oh, I get it. Continuity. Yeah, no, and he's... If if you were driving a Ford, he'd be like, fuck off, this is not good fanfiction. No, no, and and here's... Before you even read, there's not only a ship... A ship... A ship... A ship a for... Chip. There's a chip. There's a chip in my shoulder. No, yeah. there's no, not a ship for Styles and Derek. There is a ship for Styles, Jeep, and Derek's Camaro. That's called Jimaro. Yeah. You're, you're depressing me. Why? It's this amazing. is gripping. This is just... I can't wait to I see... Mean, but how big is the property? Like, it's that, huge. Like, is it, is it, it must be... But he hasn't, he hasn't built... He hasn't, doesn't have any furniture yet, because he's building his own furniture, so it's... Okay. And Styles goes there because he's being hired for... It's... it's. I mean, this is the kind of thing that you're only interested in if you're really into Stark. Or romance fix. Or both. Look, I mean no disrespect to the author named... Oh, God, I can't see. 
McClutz. <laughs> the author named McClutz. Look, I have How nothing words, against I have nothing against Jewish writers. Really. Words, just, this is thirty two thousand six hundred and eighty two. Oh, okay. Not as many as I thought. Thirty two thousand words. That's a, that's a decent sized novel. Novella, right? Novella. Well, I don't know. I mean, let's see. I mean, to be like, I recommend this fic with the whole the entirety of my heart. If you're into Starek, or if you just want to see how how why I'm single. Um... It's just cute. Check it out, guys. Check it out and shout out to McCutts. Thank you for donating your uh, your time, I guess, and your efforts. And yeah, um, just in case you don't know, Google is with a capital G because it's a brand name. Just you know, just doing doing my bit, doing doing, doing my. I'm just. I have doing my fair that, bit of yeah. I have so fixed that I will reread every once in a while just because I want to like reread something of mine. And they have, like, glaring typos that I always say, I need to fix that, but then I never do. Well, yeah. You should. Never. Fix it. <laughs> just so, anyway, it, we've been talking it. about this we're for talking, 20 minutes. Yes. Let's go on to our Mexican stereotype of the day, which is... Frida Kahlo. Frida Kahlo. Why, do we cho- Why did we choose Frida Kahlo? Well, that would be spoiling. Uh, we're talking about Frida Kahlo. Uh, we, it's, because we're talking about Disney princesses later in the episode. Later. And she's kind of our own Disney princess in a very they weird and like Disney. Way. I mean, she does appear in a Disney movie as a skeleton. Yes, I like that. We've talked about it. She's, yeah, she's become like this, she's become like this mythological figure of like, you know, the, the suffering, the all-suffering, very selfless kind of artist, but also very, um... Anti-establishment and yeah. anti, which is very strange to me because if you read a bit about Frida Kahlo's life, she was anti-establishment in her own way, but also very, you know, she her relationship with Diego Rivera left a lot to be desired. I mean, yeah, so I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say it's the, the healthiest relationship I've ever, it wasn't. I've ever heard of. Um, do you like her art? I do. I do. I I had an art teacher, an art appreciation teacher, actually, uh, who talked about her art a lot. And I really liked this idea that she was making something private, very public, her pain, her her struggles. Uh, And even though a lot of people are like, oh, right, that self-portrait Mexican woman. I I think she she has some really good paintings. I don't... I don't hate it. Do you like her art? I, I actually love her art. I love her use of color. I love her use of like she's she's very expressive. I like I like her her paintings very much. I do think that I was a bit vaccinated against her because so many people had prints of her uh, when I was growing up. Like when I was growing up in the in, yeah. in the nineties and early two thousands, like everyone seemed to have a, a picture of her like of every painting she ever had. So like people do have this cult about her. And I think that a lot of it, 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 as you say, it's like it's a vaccine in in that it kind of becomes background art. You just don't don't really notice. And when you get you know go face to face with her actual art, and you have to look at it not in this this is a thing that you know like you see at a shop alongside many other things that are like super common wherever would you just see her art? Um, You get I don't know it's it's. Like you say, her use of color, it's really good. And nowadays, she's also become this, like, um, this brand of, like, Mexican, you know, pride. Like, 
which for me, I don't know, I don't know how, how I feel about that. Um, that people are like kind of like you, you can't even to some Mexicans, special Mexicans living outside Mexico, you can't even say there was anything questionable for that Carlo because they will jump down your throats like, how dare you? How oh, dare you say she is not? Uh, yeah, she's not the best painter in you know the Mexican there was this, century and so on. Um, I don't know if, you've, if I don't think you've met him. Uh, there was this uh, British guy who's working as a teacher uh, called Brad Hackett, who wrote a thing where he was. He said like since he since he knew Afrida uh, outside of Mexico, he thought that here in Mexico we are all going to be like super Frida fans and we're all going to love her forever. And then we came here, he realized that a lot of Mexicans don't even really stand her that much. And a lot of people... We hate her. Mm, yeah, yeah, hate yeah. Her. and a lot of people say, say, like, you know, she's overrated. She was, you know, they mentioned the whole Diego Rivera thing. And so he was, so, so he felt that, uh, that Frida was underappreciated in Mexico. Because of a story. Because of he, what he saw here in Mexico, maybe I don't know. I mean, I, I think her story is very, very interesting, and I, I like the whole the whole aspect of her. You know, being well, you know, she she was uh, when when did she have the accident? Um, she was really young. Yeah, she was like fifteen. I think. Yeah, she was like fifteen, and it was like and she was in constant pain for the rest of yeah. her life, and it was just so tragic. And I think we. You know, a lot of people kind of like that about her, that she was a very tragic figure in, in you know, in her yeah. own right. And kind of like, I don't know, maybe it's this whole thing of how we can't separate the artist from the, the opus. You know, like and you have to consider kind it. kind of say here that she made it impossible to separate her art because most of it is self-portraits, so... Or self-referential in some way, yeah. Exactly. That's why they parodied her in that way in the uh, Coco movie. Yeah. It was all like, they're also me. And the cactus <laughs> is me. And the watermelon is me. And I, I, I liked it because it was like, it was such a good... I, I love that joke because making comedy about Frida Kahlo was not something I expected from that movie. Yeah. Because I thought when, you know, when somebody told me, oh, Frida Kahlo makes a cameo. And I was like, oh, it's going to be like something harmless. Or something. Yeah. But when they... First of all, she's the disguise that the other guy uses. And she's like, <laughs> I am a Frida Kahlo. And, you know, has this really exaggerated depiction of her. And you're like, when, when we actually meet her, she's not really going to be like that. And she's even more like that. <laughs> and I really like the idea of them making a, an effective joke about Frida Kahlo and how she was very about herself, but also very creative in this, you know, yeah. stubble force that she was... Also, that's the thing. I think that's kind of... Uh, I mean, there's, there's a lot of ways to comment comment about Frida Kola. And one of them is this idea of she was part of the same art movement that a lot of other very important Mexican artists were. But her being a woman and her deciding to, you know, choose herself as the subject of her work made people say like, oh, well, she's frivolous. She's, you know, she's selfish. You know, it's like, it's like nowadays when whenever a woman takes a selfie, it's like, one of the worst things a woman can do is like, how dare you find yourself attractive and worthy of attention? And I very much disagree. I think it's one of the worst things that anyone can do, not just women, just anyone. Like, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Thinking that the world needs to see your face again. Like, what do you want? Yeah. Something. And who are you? Nobody. So it's just, it doesn't work. It's going to be your t-shirt. It's going to be, yeah. If we, if we ever have merch, <laughs> and like, that's going to be the first one I'm going to have, have made. It's just like, yep. 
Who am I? No one. What do I want? Something. Something. That's it. (laughs) That's the problem. That's the problem. That is my biggest problem. But yeah, I, I, I love, I love the way that, you know, she's become this kind of mythological figure and the idea that she was so involved in politics as well. And she was like a very, she was involved with, um, uh, Leon, Leon Trotsky when he was here and he was assassinated here. And then you have the people having, ah, she was part of the plot and she was blah, blah, blah. And I was like, was she really? I mean, she did live in a very, you know, domineering relationship. And it was, yeah. Um, I read, I've read a couple of biographies of her. Is there one you recommend? Oh God, yes. And let me just Google to see which one it is the one that I recommend because I thought it was really good. A lot of people that I, that I know that I really like Frida Kahlo, they don't like the Selma Hayek movie, Frida. They don't really like her. They like... I never saw it actually. I saw it at at the, at, at the movies and I mean, it was okay. Um, but they recommend, they've recommended me a lot, another Mexican movie called, uh, Naturaleza Muerta. Uh, and they say that's like way better representation that, because they say like the Frida movie is more of the mythological version of Frida. Um, and of course, Alma Hayek wanted to represent her and wanted sort of to prettyfy her, which is a thing that you see a lot of people do. They're like... This is sexy for you, that not your. Yeah, let's make her. Let's make her a sexual icon. Exactly. You're kind of not getting it. This is not. This doesn't seem to be what she's going for. I mean, maybe it was, but it doesn't seem to be. The the author of the bit of the biography that I really liked was. It's called. Very simply, Frida: A Biography of Frida Kahlo by Hayden Herrera. I will. And I I like it. It it it. I I remember reading it, and I, I really liked it because it was very. Um, it was very crude and it was a bit haunting. Like yeah. it focused a lot on her, you know, her, her self, you know, the way she described her own life and the way she described her pain and the way she described her art and her relationship to her art. And I will put links to this book and the movie I just mentioned yes. in the podcast uh, description. It's in stock on Amazon. Mexicans.lipson.com. Uh, is there any particular Frida painting that you enjoy? I like the one with the monkey. Fuck it. <laughs> I love monkeys. We, oh, it's in, it's on the cover actually, right here. Oh. And her um, her uh, spirit animal in the Coco movie was also a monkey, which yeah, I thought yeah. was was a very good detail. Like, yeah, yeah of yeah, course yeah, it would yeah, be. Yeah. Of course it would be. I yeah, mean, I love the idea of spirit animals. That is like one too. of my favorite tropes. Like, Have you seen the new Dark Materials? Yeah. I haven't seen the new Dark Materials. I'm afraid to see it because. I, I read the books when I was really young and I really loved them. I was like so engrossed by them. And then I saw the movie and it was okay. Yeah. I'm not going to say it was terrible. A lot of people thought it was terrible. I don't think it was. And I thought, um, what's her face? Uh, Nicole Kidman was, was amazing. She was just like, because she, that character is probably the most hateful character. Like, oh, I hate her. And she really conveyed that. She yeah. did, she did the work. I thought the girl was a bit shrill. I thought the girl okay. who played, uh, Lyra was a bit shrill, and Lyra is anything but. Yeah, she's more like this taciturn kind of yeah, no, analytical really, yeah. girl. She she sticks out because of this, and she ends up being like, "Oh my god, don't do it!" And I was like, "Please shut up. You, this, is, <laughs> this is not you." But I, I like that they they're giving it a second chance, and they're doing the whole series this yeah. time. So I, I like my, it. my one complaint about the about the series is I do not see Lin Manuel Miranda as the what's the name of the Texan? Oh, um. Scoresby, Lee Scoresby. Yeah. That's my uh, well. Only the actor complaint. they cast for the original film, he was 
Perfect. Perfect. That this Texan guy with a huge handlebar mustache, yeah. who is like he appears in the in Grace and Frankie. Yeah. And he's the same guy he always plays. He's this really rangy, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like, and uh, this uh, Sam Waterston's character does a, uh, you know, when he looks at a picture of the guy, he says, "Wow, there's about ten people in the world that can pull off that mustache, and he's nine of them." <laughs> like, it's just, it was such a good. <laughs> such a good comment that guy's like the most handsome old guy you can possibly imagine he's just like oh he's like a sexy giant prune I just (laughs) I just want to I just want to see what he does for my digestive system I just I I just need me some fibre is what I need no she's like yeah and he's got like the draw yes yes he barely opens his mouth his, his yeah, speech no, is just like that's a, the thing he was for, like for, 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 I, I felt that he was so perfect yeah. and Lin-Manuel Miranda Lin-Manuel is a good actor he's great he's gonna, he's gonna do great I haven't seen him I just don't I mean I'll see I'll see it and then, and then I'll judge no, yeah because who knows you know he's a great actor uh, we know he can really deliver a character so who knows I mean it, it's fine and uh, yeah I mean he's a bit young because he is described as over the hill you know in his 50s in the book and so on and I think Lin-Manuel if he's not that old, then he doesn't look that old. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I want to see who the witch is, Serafina, because she was my favourite character That's in the books. Amazing. And in the movie, she's played by goddess Eva Green, who yeah. is just, oh, she's, oh. Anyway, she makes me reconsider a lot of things. Now, moving on <laughs> from, from a queen, young. from a queen, from a goddess to a princess. Today's topic is... Disney princesses. Disney princesses. We're going to close our trilogy of, well, tetralogy, animated. really. Yeah. Our tetralogy of animated uh, media. Yes. With the gayest of them all. You know, the this is like, this is Disney princesses. So let's start off with, how is it? Who are you? Who you want to be. Who you want to be. Who you think you who are. Who you think you are. Who you actually are. Go. Um, I want to be Megara. Not a princess, but fine. She was originally a princess. She was in not the a tale. In, in the Greek myth. She was a princess. Yes, but myth. not in the movie. In the movie, she was. Okay, so, so are we doing the official Disney princess lineup? Yes. Or, or no, all the it's fine. Disney you can, you can say you want to be Megara. She's an awesome character. She's amazing. Go ahead. And she's 30, so. <laughs> she's the closest in age to me. Is she 30? She well, she's not, she's not 30, but she's one of the older uh, Disney heroines. She's definitely older, I mean, yeah. by, that, by the time she meets Hercules, uh, she's been in a, in a relationship. She's tried to get the, the guy out of... Out of uh, she, she sacrificed herself to get the guy like to come back to life, and then the guy left her. So but That's already happened. I like how her story... Yeah, no. Her story her, has she's... already happened. When, when we begin the story, she's already been through the tragedy. Yeah. And she's basically owing a debt to Satan. Yeah. And, yeah, she's, she's a very... She's amazing. She's character. witty. She has some of the most amazing lines. You know, like, I'm a damsel. I'm in distress. I can handle it. Have a nice day. Have a nice day. <laughs> Thank you, Herc. It's been a slice. Yes. <laughs> she's, got, she's got a really nice delivery of some some really amazing lines. You know they, they they you know men they think they think that no means yes and leave me alone it's take me I'm yours. Maybe maybe God boy here can explain. She's amazing. She's the original woke princess. She's you know she's amazing. just like because she was this is ninety seven and she's not impressed by 
anything. It, yeah, no. Like, because you would think that the moment she saw Hercules, you know, already this handsome, really, you know, yeah. she was like, oh my God, he's so handsome. And no, she was like, <laughs> just fuck off. I'm, I'm in the middle of something. Yeah, just, exactly. If you can just move aside. And then only like way later, she starts to, to develop feelings, which brings us to a wonderful song. Oh, the, um, I, I won't say, say I'm, I'm in love. It's a very, very good song. It's an amazing song. I mean, the music in Hercules is like a such a weird... Alan uh, Menken. Alan Menken I, I, is best. I love it. I love that they decided to use gospel music for it. And I I won't say I'm in love. It's just this amazing montage. And it's just, I mean... Uh, how she's talking to the muses, but she doesn't realize she's talking to the muses. Yeah, it's a, it's a dialogue song, but it's yeah. Really, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, really, yeah. definitely. And the, so that's who you. I, that's who I. That's why I want to be. That's okay. that's my. Who do you think you are? Who, who do, do I, you think you fucking are? Think, I think I'm Belle. <laughs> <laughs> why? Because I'm beautiful. And I read, and I want adventures in the great white somewhere, and I look great in a jello dress. Um. And, Checks out, yeah. And you know, like I feel, I, I, I feel that I would be the perfect. You know, I feel it would be the perfect person to go and save my dad and take him out of the beast castle and then show the beast, show the beast, like, hey, you don't need to be like this. <laughs> While you kidnap me, you know what? Uh, actually, Lindsay Ellis has a, a great video on why the whole. Um, uh, Stockholm Syndrome on Belle on the movie doesn't really work because the moment the beast starts getting violent she just runs away she does yeah no actually I've seen that video Lindsay Ellis is probably the only YouTube YouTuber worth listening to like, yeah one of the if I had to if I had to name one like this is someone you have to listen to yeah. Lindsay Ellis is just a goddess and and, and and I love her and she also has some great songs too and she doesn't tolerate violence you're absolutely right yeah. I mean she doesn't like she's like fuck you I mean, yeah. and she she makes it clear from the beginning like the only reason I'm here is because it was either me or my dad yeah so I'm, this is not about you you weird animal person yeah. like fuck the furries Basically. <laughs> Fuck the furries! I'm here because you're a violent, controlling. Well, at the end, you can tell that when the beast turns into Prince Adam, Bell's like eh, a bit fine. disappointed. <laughs> I'll settle. I kind of wanted to see that dick. <laughs> I, kinda, I wanted to see the dick hat horns like, as well. Exactly. It's like uh, it's like you're not even hairy. What's what? Well, he's got the long hair. Yeah, but like because French. Yeah, you know, he's like a French French royalty. That's French not going to end that well for them, but. Um, did you enjoy um, Emma Watson? I did not even see it. I saw the okay. trailer and I was like, no. I haven't watched most of the Disney remakes because I, you know, it's like, ugh. Uh, I did not see the Disney remake. I, I'm pretty sure Emma Watson did an okay job. Uh, I don't. It was worse than okay for my, for my taste. Okay. I, thought, I thought she managed to make a character that is borderline bland. Into Wayland, <laughs> and you know, I mean, she's English, so she knows she knows blandness. But it was just she was. I did see the speaking inexpressive. of. I saw the Lindsay Ellis video on that movie. Okay, and I saw so so I can so I can complain about the movie without having watched it. Good, uh, but I, but it was just this thing where I'm like, why, why? Like there were several choices. Like I hate the choice for Gaston because he's supposed to be way burlier than that. You know? And he's supposed to be like the whole thing is to invert the trope. So if you have a still of a Gaston not yeah. being an asshole, he looks like a hero. He's supposed yeah. to look like your the, the guy yeah, you like, expect. He's handsome. Yeah. He's he's you know he is Harry. 
Um, Gaston song is my favorite is, song of the entire. I love that. I, I love that. Literally, that the 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 music people. I forget who made the music for Beauty Beast, but uh, they said we are trying to make like uh, take me out to the ball, but like as a song for Disney. And that's what they did. It's an amazing song. It's a drinking song. It sounds like a drinking song. It's the kind of song yeah. that people would drink at a tavern. It was also, by the way, composed by the great Alan Menken, because yeah. the man just knows no bounds. Just like, and Howard Ashman, the late Howard Ashman, he, they used to work together in so many... They yeah. did... Um, they li- the Little Mermaid they did together as well and there was just they okay were, and, and Little who, Shop of Horrors who am I actually who are you actually who am I actually that's a good question because because uh, no I don't I don't I don't think I don't think I'm Belle uh, I'd have to go with Alice from Alice in Wonderland okay who is in the original Disney Princess lineup no because uh, she's dreamy and she gets lost in her own thoughts and she's crazy uh, <laughs> she is a bit crazy, yeah. and she likes cats. I have a cat. She has a cat. That. What else do you need? Um, yeah, very good. She also has a governess. Exactly. Just, I'm the governess. In this particular occasion, she's like, Martin, focus for fuck's sake. Just, like, I'm just tired of you just not being able to read Shakespeare properly. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Like, but there was a hole. There is always a hole, Martin. There is always a hole. There's always a hole. You have to put up with this. You have to put up with the uh, uh, ubiquitous presence of holes. That's another remake that I hated. Which the Team Burden Alice in Wonderland remake. I felt it was one of the most. I, I mean, ah, uh, it I, was, and it sounded like a match made in heaven. Yes, on paper. Yeah, I was like the team, the Tim Burton aesthetic with the Lewis Carroll craziness. Yes, but it was just. But no. they they had to stick the whole hero's journey in there. It's it's dumb from beginning, and not you know like fun dumb. It's this thing where like why were, were the writers eating medical waste? I just really really enjoyed Helena Bonham Carter. She's I mean I the, the thing her. is I don't have any problem with the parts of it's just the way it all came together. No, but the thing for example, uh, the Mad Hatter was terrible. Oh, I think Depp that was that was the yeah. point where I said maybe Johnny Depp is not as great as I think he the is. The Futterwaken. It was it was, it was just, sad. No, but it was like it was this depressed, shell shocked. Traumatized, you know, veteran from World yeah. War One who had spent eight months in the trenches, and then they gave him a hat and go like, "Be mad now," and he's like, "Okay, I'll be mad, I guess." It's just I don't know. It was really weird. It was haunting yeah. and not in a good way. No, it was bad. It yeah. was bad. It was bad. I hated it. Anywho, uh, so what's your trail? So who okay. do you want to be? I want to be. Okay, I'm gonna go with. I want to be. This is one of the underrated jewels, I believe, of uh, the Disney animated canon. But I want to be uh, Tiana. Tiana is amazing. Princess and the Frog. And the reason I want to be her is because she represents everything I believe in. She starts the movie, uh, you know, her song, because all of the. All of the Disney princesses have the I want song. Yes. Yeah? They're all like, I want this, or I would like this, or, you know, look at this thing, isn't it great? And Tiana's song is all about, no, 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 I'm almost there. Like, I've worked my ass off. And the first song you see her, she gets home, she lies down in bed, her alarm clock starts ringing again, and she dresses for another job, and she's just working and working and working and working. And the subtext of class and race in that movie is... It's not in on the nose. Like, children will not be... Like, it, it wasn't an anvil 
dropping on them like racism is bad you know that kind yeah. of thing but it was if, if you were looking for it it was right there yeah you know, like she was in this very unequal society and she didn't give a fuck and she's like i just want a restaurant yes. i want a restaurant because i'm a really good cook and yeah i don't and need I don't a prince pr- and i don't need nothing i just need to work yeah and the i don't care what you think my limits are like i will work until i have it and i'm almost there like her song is literally like i'm almost there i don't need i don't need anyone yeah. to come rescue me because my plans are going well, it's only because of the plot that it ends up going to shit. But in the end, you know, and she, I like her relationship with her best friend. Charlotte, uh, yeah, who is this very privileged white girl, you know, from his, uh, her father is implied to be like a plantation owner. Yeah. Plant- for fuck's sake, plantation owner. <laughs> and she is always very supportive and she is always like, she helps her with everything she can. And she, she even knows that Tiana is not going to accept any charity. So she goes like, okay, fine, you can work for me. Like, yeah. it's, but she's always supportive and she's like, do I have to kiss the frog? I'll kiss the frog. Like, what do you need? Yeah. What, how can I help you? And she's amazing. So I want to be Tiana. I think I am. Oh, I think I am Mulan. Ooh. Yes. Uh, Mulan is another one of my... And, and not technically a princess, but who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck? Um, she is part of the official lineup, though. Mulan is... She gets the prize for the most stubborn and kind of self, uh, self-deprecating... She's just like, oh god, it's, this is never going to work. Like, yeah, this is no. nothing. That, she's sabotaging herself every step of the way, and she's still kind of like she has her values. Yeah, and, but she is sometimes her values sometimes get the better of her, and she's like, yes, but there was a smarter way to go about this, <laughs> dear, dear Mulan. There was a smarter way to go about this, but she stumbles into something brilliant, and I think sometimes I'm like that. I'm like just so and she also and I mean you have reflection, which is an amazing song too. Beautiful song. Beautiful. That's oh, a tidbit about that song. Um, she doesn't sing. The actress who uh, does um, Mulan, she doesn't sing. They brought out the amazing, incomparable uh, Leah Salonga. Ooh. They brought her out of whatever box she was in, and they were like, "Look, Leah, this girl can't sing. Can you please sing the best song in the entire movie?" Just by herself. And she goes like, yeah, fine. And Leah Salonga, she should have done the whole thing because she's just so amazing. If you want to see, like, if you want to cry, if you ever feel like a good cry, look for uh, Leah Salonga playing uh, the main uh, part in Miss Saigon. It's just, just, oh God, there's, there's no cure for that. I mean, there's just like, but yeah, Mulan, I love how she's so stubborn and so thick headed. And you want to like, Take your father's armor and go into the thick of battle. Yeah, the thing is, I have a thing for self-sacrifice. And I'm not saying this is a good thing about me, but I just... (laughs) I do have this thing about self-sacrifice and and family and honor and this whole thing. But in the end, she also gets caught up in her own stubbornness. Yeah. And it almost, like, fucks her up. Yeah, it it almost (laughs) fucks her up. But in the end, she's actually very, very smart. Mm -hmm. And let's just never forget that most Disney princesses get the prince she saved China so <laughs> let's just make that comparison of yeah I remember the the trailer for Mulan I loved it because it was the voice of the emperor going like Mulan you you took you stole your father's armor you impersonated a soldier and he's like Bleh. and in the end it's like thank you yeah and in the end it's like but people will know the great things you did Mulan and then that sounds like oh my god I get chills yes what do you think of Mushu though well you know Fuck, I, I'm going to reveal something about myself that maybe I'm not too proud of, but... You're, you're, you have the hot I think 
Eddie Murphy can do no wrong. <laughs> okay. And he has done wrong so many times, and still I defend him. I think he was hilarious. Was I think that, you know, like... I mean, I, I get why people would complain. Shame on you, shame on your, your cow. cow. <laughs> it's just... It's just glorious. Oh I like God. I like the idea of the funny animal who is you know he's obviously there for the kids because yeah. if you don't have the animal, think about it. Yeah. If you remove the whole Mushu thing from the from the plot, it's just a plot about politics and gender discrimination and war. So it's very much a boy film if you take yeah. the, those bits out. So. Uh, he's there to fill in the, the comic relief. I do think that uh, Eddie Murphy does a really good job with what he's given in the year that he was given it. Yeah. You know, is, is he my favourite bit of the movie? No. But... Are you excited for the remake? I will tell you that this is one of the first remakes that I think I might watch. Because they're going like all hidden tiger, uh, hidden dragon, jumping tiger. I have had it with the remakes. the remakes. I'm done. Like, I admire Disney's bravado in saying... Oh, Mr. Eisner, sir, we're running out of movies. What should we do? And they're like, let's just do the same ones all over again with new budgets and big name actors and whatever it is. Um, but I, I, I will probably watch it. Although I didn't watch The Last Batch. I didn't watch Aladdin. Neither and did I. I didn't watch The Lion King. Neither did I. I was not interested. Here's the thing. I, like, how can you, how can you possibly, the thing is, most people will see this because of the retro value. Yeah. And how can you possibly replicate the scarring left in my soul when <laughs> baby Simba just crawls under the dead arm of his father yeah. to feel his warmth one last time? And I'm like, I'm, and I'm a huge daddy's boy. Like I'm <laughs> huge, unlike many, Ooh. unlike unlike many, many gay gays. men, yeah. many. You know, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with being a mama's boy because I'm a huge daddy's boy. Like, I just my daddy is just like the most. And you know, I remember seeing that movie. And this is just no. heartbreaking. This is terrible, and I was just crying my eyes out. And I don't know how they did it in the new movie, but there is no way. No. There is no way they just they 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 got that, and then. Yeah. I like the idea that obviously now they're trying a lot. Uh, they're, they're also trying to correct a lot of the, you know, the the political politically problematic things of casting white uh, actors doing what were African characters. Although how African is a lion when Africa is a human concept and lions are not human? Yeah, I mean, like... again, there's a there's a great Lindsay Ellis video on that with Walk Disney, and I think it's just, I mean, they're fixing quote unquote some things, but they're just making them less. They're making them more more bland. more evident. And no, they're making it more bland, but they're also they're making more evident the fact that, that it was problematic. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, fine. I mean, they they did have the original voices of like James Earl Jones, yeah. who is the only one who reprised because yeah. even Disney was like, we're not going to beat. That. We're not going to get. There is no way you can have... Yeah. But then, for example, I love Jeremy Irons as Scar. Scar. We should actually have a video dedicated to Disney villains. <laughs> this should be a quintology. Let's, like just, let's just make Next this a quintology Disney and just villains. talk about Disney all the time. Two gays uh, talk about Disney. Never been done. <laughs> and, and you actually are. I actually am... Oh, my God. Um, I'm going to say I, I actually am Ariel. Because she's an idiot. <laughs> she's, she's just such an idiot. She's such an... She's 16. You, 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 fine. <laughs> but, like, she's she gets all caught up in this, you know, but 
Daddy, why won't you let me do this thing? And Triton's like, dude, if you go up there, they're going to kill you. And then Sebastian tries a different strategy of, look, I'm going to sing a really catchy song about how things are really nice here. And then you look at the bodies of the other mermen, and it's not like it was too shabby. Like, there was no shortage of handsome men. There was an entire court of, like... Even Triton, who is well into his 70s, he's yeah, got... Yeah, no, my God. He's got the body of a god, which is essentially what yes, he's exactly. supposed to no, be. No, but like, my God, yeah. Triton, I mean, you talk about... They say that, you know, the Disney princesses... Uh, I'm sorry, the Disney princess gave you, like, unreal expectations about men. Triton. Triton. He was the OG muscle daddy. He was my just God. Like, yeah. Um, so Ariel, I think it's just, she, she means well, but every single thing she does is stupid. <laughs> just like stupid. And the idea that, you know, uh, Ursula, who just, oh my God. Ursula. Um, the, let's not even talk about her because I want to save my opinions on Ursula for later. But um, the idea that uh, Ursula makes her sign a contract and she actually writes the name Ariel in Latin script. <laughs> but then when she goes on land... She's like, how can I explain to him my situation? I was like, I don't know, Ariel. You clearly don't know how a fork works, but a pen, no problem. So, so at least she didn't have like a a fish skeleton, which was the pen. Right, of course, yeah, that was a problem. So she She, didn't know about a quill. She's never seen a feather. She's taken her fucking finger (laughs) and written it on the sand, like, help, being manipulated (laughs) by seaweed, just telegram like, saving on words, help. Being manipulated by octopus lady. Kiss me or I die. Or rather, help kiss me. That's it. Yes, like, I'm hot for you. Kiss me. Well, no, it has to be a true love's kiss, remember. Yes, but Eric is 18. Question, Martin. How easy was it for you to find true love when you were 18? Uh, Every fortnight? Yeah, Probably. Not that long, to be honest. And yeah, it's just... I I, I, I am... Ariel is an idiot. I realized the other day that I was like, what people called boy crazy. Were you? Yeah, I had this thing where like I had a crush on every single one of my classes, and I had a crush. Um, really, I was never boy crazy. N- yeah, I, no, I was like, I was. I mean, this is one. I mean, I did. I never wrote friend fiction like Tina from uh, Bob's Burger. I never wrote it like physically, but I had like love stories with like every single guy that was passively cute in my high school. Oh, and then you would go into the mirror and go, "Who is this girl I see?" <laughs> When will my reflection show? Just, yeah, this yeah. is you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's who I am. But anyway, Disney princesses. Disney princesses. Well, how do you feel about the Disney princess culture? Because it didn't used to be... A, it didn't used to be this Ages way. Ages ago. Like, it didn't used to be this way when we were young. <coughs> like, I see my niece. And Disney princesses have become their own kind of brand now. Well, that's, a, that's the thing. I forget who it was, but literally what happened one time is that he was... Uh, either he went to the Disney parks or to a Disney premiere, and he realized that there were a lot of girls dressed as princesses. And that's when he got the idea of, we need to brand the Disney princesses. And that's when they started uh, the Disney princess brand, um, which was... I forget exactly where it was, but, but then... Uh, so originally you had... Uh, um, there was uh, the, the Snow, Snow White, White, Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, Ariel. No one remembers her name. It's always Aurora. Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, but it was like Sleeping Beauty. It's like she's got a name. But technically, Cinderella had a name as well. We just never knew who, what it was. No, she, she's called Cinderella. Yeah, but she has she has a That's name. That's her nickname. In the wonderful '90s movie Ever After, a Cinderella story starring Danielle. She's Danielle. Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. Barrymore. That's one of the few 
retellings of Cinderella I will tolerate I Angelica loved it Angelica yes. Huston as the evil stepmother and in lieu of the fairy godmother Leonardo da Vinci why the fuck not exactly. I love it I love it it's amazing but anyway you were saying the original princess you just so we had Snow White uh, Snow White Cinderella Aurora um, I think I'm from the originals because then you move forward to Ariel Bell. Yeah, that was the new, the new Golden Age. Yeah, and then and then they like they they have Pocahontas in there. You had uh, Princess Marion. Marion from Robin Hood. Robin Hood. She's, she's not a princess. Is she though? She's like no, maybe. no. She's a lady. She's lady. She's, she's a lady. There's there's yeah, the one from the Block Cauldron, which uh, everyone uh, is ignoring at Disney. Uh, Aeon when I think her name is something like that. Uh, did you ever see the Black Cauldron? No, I never did. There's, there's, it's a really interesting about. Think about the Black Cauldron because, like, Disney wanted to like do a movie that was like more teenagery because, like, The Lord of the Rings was a thing at the, at that moment, and so they did the Black Cauldron, which one of the, we'll talk more about him later in the, in the villains episode, but uh, with the Horn King. But she's like a princess; she's like an actual bona fide princess. But since her since her movie like is forgotten to time and did not do well, Disney's ignoring her. So. You have Pocahontas, then you have Alice is officially a Disney princess, even though she's not a princess. Well, Pocahontas was not a princess either. I mean, not technically. She's the... She, yeah, she's not a princess in the European sense of the word. Well, and princess... Yeah, well, she's a princess in the Native American sense of the word. I mean, she's the daughter of the chief, which, as far as white people go, that is That's like, princess. Is she a woman? Yes. Does she have any kind of power? Yeah, technically. Princess. Princess. Just like princess or yeah. prostitute. Like, there is no there is no middle ground. Like, you're either one, <laughs> one or the other. So then you have Mulan, who's not a princess, but she's officially part of the Mulan, Disney yeah. lineup. And then you have Tiana, who became a princess through marriage. Well, most of them become princesses through... No, wait, no, they don't. Aurora was a princess. By birthright. And, and Snow White too. Snow White as well. Cinderella, Cinderella wasn't. Was not, although in, you know, in, the, in the retelling of the 90s, she was... She was of noble birth. She's she always was, been of noble birth. She, oh yeah, she's a, yeah. She is of noble birth. She's yeah. just not a yeah. She's just she, she she's, becomes a princess by marriage. Exactly. Uh, Ariel is princess uh, by birth, and with all of her sisters. With all of her sisters, she's not even she's not even sixth in line. No, she's she's like, alone. and none of her sisters are married. So <laughs> clearly, I mean, she's she was doing the best with what she had. She was like, of course, I'm going to be rebellious. I'm never going to have the crown. It's like whatever. Like I or. I, I like to think that the crown went to whoever sang the best, and that's why they had this whole, you know, I am Ilana, and I am Papa, and I am Amelia. Another person with an A. And they're just topping each other off with the highest note, because yeah. they're trying to reach for the crown. That's, I like how, I like to think that's Because that was her, like, presentation, that was basically her suit, that was basically her quinceañera. So they were all born in the same batch of eggs, is what you're saying? No, 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 no. Or was there an age? There was. I, I think there was like a an age. I, when, I don't. She's the youngest, right? Ariel she is, is meant the youngest. To be the youngest. Yeah. She's the youngest. She's just making. The, she's doing the best with what she what she has. I mean, she's yeah. never going to be the queen. She's never going to like Triton is not going to go. Who am I going to give this crown to? The irresponsible redhead. <laughs> of course, naturally, the girl who's playing around with the fish and the crab. So. uh... M- Beyond naming the princesses, because now you have Anna and Elsa, although Elsa is a queen. She is a queen, yeah, actually. Uh, who was that? Like, Rapunzel. Rapunzel is Rapunzel. my favorite princess, now I think about it. I love that movie. I love... Mandy Moore as Rapunzel. She's she's great. She's amazing. I think the... the everyone is very likable in that movie. Even, like, 
the the villain Mother Gothel. Mother Gothel is so like it's it's so well done everything about yeah. her. Her villain song Mother Knows Best. Oh, it's amazing. Amazing. Uh what happened? I don't know. Poltergeist. <laughs> like you do. Uh, but yeah, the the thing is that they decided to like rethink the roster of princesses because they realized we're actually we don't we're actually running short on princesses. So they decided that a lot of women were going to be princesses, even though they never like. It also very much has to do with how well the movie did. Like Megara, although she is technically from the original. Oh my god, Esmeralda! Esmeralda. Uh, Jasmine is in the in the lineup. I forgot about. about, about. And she is of royal birth. She is of royal so birth. Yeah. Um, she got the she got the the song in the remake and everything. Oh uh, God! She um, got a song. Yeah. Uh, other called, than other than a whole new uh, world. A whole new world. Yeah. yeah, she got a song called "Speechless," okay. which is dumb. Um, I I'm sorry. I could I could like bitch about the remix and even I haven't even Belle becomes a, a princess as well Belle becomes a princess by, by my although uh, I do like uh, the interpretation where it's like well you know like you never see really Belle falling for the beast she was more kind of like I like you you know you. no she was falling for him I like you know what I... look Stockholm Syndrome be damned yeah I like how in that movie the, the relationship grows in a very organic way yeah. because in very in very few Disney movies do the falling in love process, or back then at least. Yeah. They didn't really do the falling in love process as gently or as naturally as Yeah, no, the Cinderella movie, they see each other and they're like, we're in love. Ariel, she just looks at the guy. And they're in love. And she's, she's in love with him at least. And he's in love with her because, you know, she saves him. Which is fair, you know, yeah. it's like, fine. <laughs> you know, if you're going to fall in love with a redhead... <laughs> It may as well be, be the, the one, one that saves your life. life. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, that's a t-shirt, right? There. Just, if you must. If you must. You know, the crops failed when she was born, but then she has a heart. She's just red hair, shoulder pads, and a heart. That's all. <laughs> Seashell bra. And that's... Uh, 80s Ariel. We need that. 80s Ariel, yeah. Um, you know, and also, when people, like, uh, when people complain that... The reason why Ariel is a redhead is because Splash just come out. Uh, and she was a blonde. She was a blonde. So Disney, wanting to distance themselves from the more adult uh, Splash movie, they turned it into. Really? Originally, Ariel's going to be blonde. I never knew. Yeah, I just... I like redhead because I don't think we have had, we've had another redhead princess. Anna. Anna now, From yeah. Frozen, yeah. But, like, in the classic thing. No. It was mostly blondes. Anastasia was... Anastasia, but she's not Disney. Exactly. Both the not... Mo- both... I mean, she's not Disney, but it was Bluth going, fine. You want a princess movie? I will give you a princess movie. Both with that and Thumbelina. And it was very... I liked Anastasia okay. And also, was, and also... Okay. I also meant Anastasia from this from the Cinderella movie. Because it's... Giselle oh, Giselle. that's right. And Anastasia. No, yeah, okay. So not... And not, I, not the have you seen, like, the, the, the sequels to Cinderella? Because there's... I've... There's two sequels two to sequels. Cinderella. I know the plots. Because I saw, again, Lindsay Ellis's video. <laughs> Why are we even doing this? Lindsay Ellis has done it better. Just Stop listening. It. Exactly. Stop listening right now. Ignore us. No, 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 no. But I love... <laughs> no, no, no. Please don't do that. Cinderella, A Twist in Time. Is a time travel plot. It was. It was. It was. It was actually entertaining. Like I watched it one. Like I had nothing else to do. So I mean, I had a lot of things to do, and I decided to procrastinate watching Cinderella Twist in Time. And yeah, I like how Anastasia became kind of like the relatable stepsister. She's like, she's not that bad. A lot of interpretations 
have gone that way. Like ever everything's in the nineties live action thing. Ever after one of the, the nice one of the one of the stepsisters she kind of like sees the the evilness of the of the, of the mother. She's also the less pretty one because in, the, in that remake, like the other one is actually quite pretty. She's yeah. she's an asshole, but she's but she gets one of the best lines in the Ever After movie. The the good stepsister gets one of the best lines because um, at the end, where when they go visit the court, thinking that they that they're gonna get that the the pretty one's gonna marry the prince, and they find out that Danielle's there with the prince. Uh, and before that, when they were going to the ball, like of like of course Angela Huston did not believe like the 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 the, the fat stepsister had a chance. So it's like you're only going there for the food. So when they're there and they're they, and Cinderella gets and and Cinderella says like you you're gonna be treated the same way you treated me. They turn to her and it's like say something, and she's like I don't know. I'm just here for the food. <laughs> and he's like I've forgotten about that. Your face. In your face. The and then she jelly, grabs huh? a drumstick and she eats it in front of them. It's like like, a, like a huge, a huge turkey leg. Huge. Even though they don't have turkeys. <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's always turkey legs in medieval settings, even though turkeys haven't been discovered. They call it pheasants, but pheasants are nowhere near like, that big. That's but no fine, uh, that's this is no pheasant. <laughs> I've never been treated so shabbily in my life. What kind of what kind of weird chuckling pheasant is this? Just fuck you. I hate um, this setting. I hate this whole thing. But uh, but yeah, Da Vinci invented it. Da Vinci re- invented the turkey. Da Vinci was like <laughs> he had an afternoon off. I love like, that he has the the. I mean, this is nothing to do with this name, but the 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 shoes that the Jesus it. shoes, the Jesus <laughs> shoes. Yeah. Anyway, but um. The idea that the the, the, the the Disney princesses have become this whole brand, and now, like, I see it with my niece. Like, she's expected to have a princess. Yeah. And she 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 is a very my niece is very much an Elsa person, she's a queen. which I which I like. I like that she goes for the queen, and you know, I let's talk a bit about Elsa and Frozen because that's really the latest. Bit Here's the thing: you know? because if you go to Elsa and Frozen, uh, Frozen is a movie that try to have it both ways. They have a princess. Uh-huh, and a so queen. does Elsa. No, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, so the, I mean, they have they have a new princess and a new queen, and it's it's interesting to see how they ended up turning Elsa from the villain of the movie to actually one of the heroes in the because this is kind of a retell. This is a very loose retelling of the um, the Snow Queen. Yeah, yeah. Um, and. At the same time, the movie has several lines that are like, we're, we're changing, like, you can't marry a man you just met. And, and, and like, self referential, it's kind exactly. of like very meta because yeah. the whole song of her, like, we finish each other's sandwiches. Yeah. You know, Anna is a very relatable character. I, my biggest problem with, uh, Frozen is I think it lacked balls in a certain way because they were clearly building Elsa to be this kind of like anti-villain or an anti-hero kind yeah. of thing. Where she was like, she's been treated like shit all her life for something that is not her fault at all. Yeah. And she, when she freezes the entire place and she builds her palace and she sings Let It Go and so on, it's such an empowering moment. I remember watching it. I was like, yeah. this is fucking amazing. And, and yeah. Idina Menzel just like... Yeah, Idina Menzel doing uh, doing Wicked Part 2. Doing Wicked Part 2, and she was just defying gravity and starts building it. The special effects are just glorious. The animation for Frozen. My, but amazing. that song, that sequence in particular, the whole thing of her building the bridge, yeah. and the bridge constructs itself as she climbs up. Yeah. The it's just brilliant. And then, my biggest problem is, her entire song is Let It Go, and then she proceeds to not let it go. 
she goes like, I am powerful and I'm proud of who I am. And as a proud person, I'm going to lock myself in a giant ice closet. And when people visit me and tell me they're okay with me, I'm going to go like, no, leave me. Please, I haven't let it go. I lied. The song was a lie. I didn't let it go at yeah. all. And that's another that's not thing that, that, that gets me a lot with musicals. And not only with uh, here, but it happened to me in The Greatest Showman and... I forget which other, but it's like they have a song that says this character is doing this. It's the I am, and it's like an and it's like an important song. But then the story goes against what the song says. It's like, well, why the hell you had that song? Um, and I think it was because I, I, this is my theory. Maybe I'm like a tin a tin foil tin foil hat territory here. But yeah. My theory is they originally wanted to make Elsa the main villain. And the story was a story of redemption. She yeah. actually came to stop being a villain, kind of like an Anakin Skywalker kind of thing. Um, but in the end, they decided that Elsa was such a good marketing tool <laughs> that she, you know, they wanted to sell more toys, and villains don't really sell as many toys as heroes. So um, they decided to make her into this long-suffering person, which she was at the beginning, and in the end, the villain's this other guy, who I, I like the reveal. I thought I thought the reveal of the, the, the <laughs> ideal... It was really, it's done really turning well. out to be. And I love how pol- political it was, because he was like, I'm 13th in line to the throne. How else am I going to get something, something? And I'm like, wow, that is realistic. That is like... When, when I thought this was a Disney movie, and I'm now I'm watching The Crown. It's just <laughs> the political intrigue of the thing. I liked how it was dropped. Like he said, mm. "I'm the thirteenth son," and it was like, "Ha ha, it's funny." And then you go, "Wait, no, of course he's after a crown. He wants to ascend." His I mean, let's say the thing, and I mean, let's. I'm going to talk more about that in the next. But, but but here with Elsa, like originally the story, you can see like concept art where Elsa was going to be more villainous. And I don't know if they were going for the redemption arc, as you said, but they were, they were going to have like more of a Snow Queen-like movie where the Snow Queen is the bad woman. Yes. Uh, And they decided not to. They decided to have like, uh, be it more of a sister story. And you know, it's this thing where like, they say you need a true love's, true love's kiss to, um, to be saved. And it's like, well, true love doesn't have to be from your, uh, from your romantic, romantic partner. Yeah. Was that, who did it first? Was it Frozen or was it Maleficent? I... Think... Which one came first? I mean, the whole trope of True Love's Kiss not being... Uh, not being from your romantic interest. Part. Yeah. I think it was prior to either of them. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm grasping for straws here. But I think it was Maleficent first. I think it was Maleficent uh, kissing Aurora first. Uh, but also, but also they did a kind of like, uh, they did a similar thing in The Princess and the Frog, in which they say, you need to kiss a princess, and they both go like, okay, so, we're gonna stay as frogs, because you're not a princess, and it's fine. But then when he mar- when they marry, she becomes princess, and so the kiss turns them both back into humans. Which was a nice twist, actually. Yes, it. definitely. It's, it's a good twist, I just... I liked how I, I think the movie tried to go against a lot of the expectations that yeah. they have for a Disney movie, but in the end, I think a lot of those expectations were not subverted as effectively as they could have been. I, I did think that. Well, that's that's, that's the thing was, with, with Disney. It's been trying. It's it's been trying to keep itself family friendly and saying like everything we've done, like it's trying to pretend they've never done any wrong. Like for example, with the with the Dumbo on Disney Plus taking out like the scenes that they that they, that are now problematic. And 
And did you, you see that? Did you see? Dumbo? I didn't see the Dumbo okay. remake because it was directed by Tim Burton, and I saw the trailer. It was directed by Tim Burton. And wow, I, this is how little I care about this. Yeah, no, I and I and I saw the trailer and I hated it. That's my main problem with the, with the remakes that they're trying to they're pretending that they're commenting when in fact they're just like pretending that things never happened. Uh, There's very few things that a remake can actually do better. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Like, I mean, like I can understand that you saw the Disney movie and then you see the Disney musical. It's a completely new medium, and the Disney musical, I find, like the the Broadway musical is it's just an amazing feat. And a lot of them go in a very different artistic direction. Like the Lion King was, I believe, so successful because it was familiar enough for people to go and say, "Oh, I want to see the Lion King," but also the artistic direction and this, you know, um, this snake, this woman. Um, What's the name of this woman? She's so brilliant. Oh, my, my boyfriend's going to kill me. Um, Is she the one from The Tempest? No. No, no, no. The, the, art, the artistic... The, the, oh, she was the basically the brains behind the thing. Oh, should I Google it? No, but I, I should know this. Anyway. Um, the point is that the, the musical went in a different direction. Uh, because it was, you know, very African I mean, it, and very... It, it, like, it was, and it, in the way they brought things from the movie, like, for example, the stampede to the stage was really amazing. And the thing with making it, quote-unquote, live action, when it's, like, CGI of the wazoo, is that, yeah, you can animate a whole bunch of wildebeests running. You can do it. You can animate one and then copy it a thousand times and have a stampede. It's not that... Julie Tamer. Julie Tamer. Julie Tamer. Yeah. She was the director. So, um, but then when you, when you bring it back to the, to the, to the, to the, to film, like, and it's like, and now, uh, you're gonna sort of, you're sort of placate all of these stupid complaints about a whole bunch of assholes on internet, uh. What complaint would you say is... Give us an example of one of these... Okay, um, for example, here's the thing. Uh, Beauty and the Beast was, is... I think it's fighting with uh, uh, Tangled to be my favorite Disney movie. Uh, but Beauty and the Beast, it just holds a close place to my heart because it was one of the first movies I saw. I remember seeing it in the theater with, with my parents. It is a tale as old as time. It is. I, oh, Angela Lansbury, by the way. Oh! She, I love how she is not such a good singer, but she delivers a song better. Yeah. Than the uh, than um, uh, Emma, to Emma Thompson, who is yeah. also brilliant, yeah. and she's a, a much better singer though. But yeah. the trembling of Angela Lansbury, like you could tell, she was done, and she's like, "Hey, let's all just time," and it was just so beautiful. Beautiful. The song is like, and the the I remember the the, the panning shot of the dance floor and the, yeah. the hall and everything, and you were like five that years old, dress. like what the fuck? That was just made me gay. Uh. <laughs> I blame Lansbury fuck you fuck you how many gay people can trace their gayness well, back to Angela Lansbury a lot of exactly. us exactly uh, no but what, what I was saying like Beauty and the Beast became not only my favourite movie but my favourite fairy tale because it was through Beauty and the Beast that I sort of became super interested in the fact that, that uh, a, a fairy tale can become retold in many ways and then when I started studying film um uh, the Jacques Cousteau version uh, of Beauty and Beast, yes. uh, which is amazing, and it and actually uh, it takes. I mean, the, the Beauty and the Beast from uh, from Disney. It, it you can tell that they at least knew of yes the the Cousteau version, and then um, and the thing with with these two is that what they're saying is 
You're not supposed to take this literally. This is a fairy tale. Yes. This is for children. This, you know, yeah. This isn't about who, what royal was turned into a beast and what happened to the servitude and all the logic things that people, when they're 30, are looking at a movie and going like, oh, well, you know, like, well, isn't it unfair that the people in the castle, blah, 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 which they try to fix in the, in the, in the remake in a really dumb way. And so, for me, it was just like, you're not, yeah, if you extrapolate basically any fairy tale, you say like, well, you know, like, whatever, Cinderella, like, how awful and and family abuse and whatever. This is a story, Beauty and the Beast, the Disney movie, is a story about how you do not judge a book by its cover. Belle reads, because Disney isn't subtle about the whole thing. Well, back then it wasn't, again, like you say... There's no need to be subtle. It's a fairy tale. So yeah. she has to be this over-the-top nerd who yeah. doesn't really care about anything except reading. It's like, and I, yeah. I, I do have to wonder, and this is one of the questions that I know you hate, but I like asking them not because I want them answered, but because like, who is keeping that old bookshop owner in business? Because this is a town, <laughs> honestly, honestly, this is a town where like, you know, Gaston, no. Gaston grabs this story, which is pretty much meant for children. He's like, I don't even know how this works. Like, I don't even know how to hold a book. And he is probably the most successful guy in town. So who is keeping this bookshop, very big bookshop, with full of printed... And he's getting new books every so often. books, yeah, exactly. Because he's like, have you got any... any check any, your privilege, Belle. Yeah, check your privilege. But also, this old guy, where is he getting his money from? He's obviously doing something on the side. He's a front. Ooh, he's a front money for the... laundering for, yeah, for the 18th century Most French nobility. Don't have pages. Drugs. It's just cocaine. It's just, and 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 this is the kind of thing that you hate. But it's just that I mean, it's fine no, to. I, mean, I like it when it's. When, I mean, I love fanfic. I love like reinterpreting text. I hate when it's brought in this thing where people where people tell you like this as if it were fact. From and sometimes the movie. We, sometimes we forget that when they adapted the, the you know we're talking about the second golden age, which is what we we grew up doing it. Yeah, and. They still adapted a lot of things for the times as well. Like, if you look at the original uh, Little Mermaid story by Hans mm-hmm. Christian Andersen, it's just fucking tragic. It's just like, and there's no villain, really. There's no villain at all. And there's this whole thing of every time she stepped on the ground, it felt like hot knives were digging into her feet. Yes. And now you're like, Jesus, fuck. Like, this is, this is fucked up. And then uh, the, there is no fairy godmother in Cinderella. It's God. She, no, 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 it's actually God. Yeah. She prays in front of a tree and a little bird comes down and the tree is made from the, uh, yeah. the dress. And then, the woods, for example, by the way. Also and the, a at the end, when the, the, the stepsisters are walking, first of all, the stepsisters all right. cut off their own feet. Yeah, to fit it's, into It's the kind room. of like a crossover of Cinderella and Saw that nobody really asked for. It's like, I want to be a game. If you want to be a princess, you have to cut off pieces of your feet. Yeah. And they try this, and then when they're walking into the church, the church, to see them get married, God sends birds, the same little birds, the twittering little birds, yeah. and they pluck out their eyes. Yeah. Because they were unable to see, you know... You know, for kids. For kids. And well, they adapted that, that out like, with good reason. People complain uh, about that, you know, the, the, the fairy tales were sort of... Uh, I mean, I, I will. Comp- I do have a complaint that people consider the Disney version the official version because I think that the point, whole point with fairy tales is that you can have as many versions as people telling the story. Absolutely. And there is no official version. I mean, you can sort of say that there are some some tales that you do you can sort of 
pinpoint an original author. But a lot of fairy tales, they were just taken from, like... Folklore. Yeah, exactly. But that's the thing. I mean, in in the end, I don't really have a gripe with that, because the idea is that the the official version is the most successful one. So the Brothers Grimm, they made their version of uh, of, um, Cinderella. And it was... With was it the, with the fur and the and the shoe? Mm-hmm. Does the grim does it in the grim was it uh, the glass slipper already? Yes. Okay. And uh, the brothers grim made made this version of Cinderella, and the version of Cinderella was the most successful for a hundred and yeah. so years. So everyone was like, Cinderella is about the two women who cut off their feet to fit into the slipper and whatever. Yeah. And then Disney becomes more successful than the brothers grim, and um. Now that is the official version, and eventually, I don't know if Disney will ever will ever be de- dethroned, but eventually there will come a new version of something, and people will go like, "Oh, this is better." I mean, the, the good thing I feel nowadays is that there's been a lot of retellings of Cinderella in a lot of. Uh, I mean, and Cinderella thing is one of the most retold stories in God, yes. very, very, very. Uh, it's been gender bent. Is it's been yeah. It's Rogers been, and Hammerstein it's did been their musical. Homosexualized. It's been lesbianized. It's yeah. been. Um, but. Um, where was where was it going with this? Oh, with the whole official. But with Beauty and the Beast, um, I, I mean, what what really what this is the thing that really annoys me is that people come to you and be like, Belle has Stockholm syndrome. It's like she doesn't, and they're like, yes, yeah, she does. Like, no, she doesn't. It's like, yeah, I know you read this like one page thing on crack.com once. And now you are, th- and now you're like, ooh, I this fairy tale. Too. And I'm like. No, like the whole point, like this is a movie with children. It's pretty simple. It's like we're talking about Mean Girls, you know. Yes. It's like you're not getting the story. It's it's, yeah. it's a pretty obvious thing that you're 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 seeing here. But what about what Gaston? Blah blah. blah. It's like no, it's like the whole point is Gaston. Like, the the townspeople were led astray by a guy with a pretty face. That's they all made, that happened. They made his lackey gay. Yeah, well, which was unnecessary. I don't. I mean, here's, I don't a, here's the thing. I don't even count him the same way that I, that I, I uh, that saying Dumbledore is gay. I find mostly BS. Like, great fear fanfic doesn't really happen in the movie. Like, what happened in the movie that says that like LeFou is gay? It's like he had dances with a guy at the end. It's like yes, that's the only thing they do. And the thing is that I like LeFou is supposed to be. A mindless lackey. He's he's funny because all he does is worship the ground that Gaston stomps on. So he basically sings a song, listing all the horrible things that Gaston is. Like you know when he goes like, "I use antlers in most of my decorating." It. I love that song. And he's supporting the guy. He's like the ultimate lackey. Yeah. And that's it. It didn't need any more subtext, and it's like and we were being edgy. And, and now it's if you're gonna make, I mean, uh, fine. If you want to make LeFou gay, and you want to have this whole thing where he's in love with Gaston, I can't fault him. Uh, Gaston <laughs> is part of the reason why my sexuality is the thing it is right now. And I know where you're so fucked no up. One's, then. No one's yeah. arms are as big as Gaston. Yeah, but honestly, did you actually find that song sexy? I don't find that song sexy, but or I Gaston find Gaston sexy. Uh, Gaston is super sexy. Oh fuck you. I mean, you you're can't not getting deny. the movie. The thing is, I get that he's the bad guy. I'm not. I'm not rooting for him to win. It's the fact that he eats eggs with the shells still on them, right? Well, that's you know, the thing. I do. He I juggles do. the eggs and he just glug 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 well, glug. Just. I have many. I have many a fan art of Gaston saved in my PC. Good. <laughs> but I. I mean, I don't. I, I don't. Also, I mean, I, there's a lot of people that idolize villains for their looks. I don't find. I, I mean, I don't want a boyfriend like Gaston. If that's what you're thinking. Well. Um, so let's just 
What, but what I was, but I was going with with the whole thing is um, with the whole fairy tale thing is like now Disney wants to both be like oh we're super modern and we have super modern messages, it's edgy. but at the same time it's like the very concept of the princess people are going like well we're over it a bit like but not children though they're not over it no and they and, and they keep on pushing it on onto them and, and it keeps happening and I'm like and now know, they have like like the TV shows with Princess Sophia and they have and know. they were getting like I I didn't I haven't seen Frozen two which yeah, has just I. come out. Um, they they were saying some people were saying that they were going to make Elsa gay. There was a whole thing of make, give Elsa she wasn't, hashtag as far give, as I'm give aware. Elsa. No, she's not. She's not. I mean, she subtext whatever. Have but... to be. Why is it that every single woman that says I'm independent? Oh, pff, lesbian. You know, it's just like it's it's. Here's, a, here's the thing. Like, I, yeah, I'm with you, but also I think that there is a thing to be said about needing you know an actual honest to god gay character that's fine but then have the balls to make a new story with a gay character yeah it let's begin you know let's let's baby steps let's have a gay sidekick i don't believe in baby steps i don't i don't i I think baby steps uh don't get us anywhere it's like because like a lot of companies for example disney with lefou and although their tv that was more like a baby stumble yeah it stumbled backwards yeah It's like Timon and Pumbaa were a better gay representation like the, than this. <laughs> a lot of the problem is that we mentioned this a while back. The idea that a lot of characters are coded gay, yeah. but they were not explicitly stated to be gay. And I'm I'm all for a gay Disney character. The whole yeah. the, the, my only problem is that why don't you just write a new story instead of you know going all there's this, this now this there's this amazing gay. series of uh, tumble gif edits, which is they're both they're all um, they're all. Uh, Pairings of Disney princesses and Disney princess. So you have Aladdin with Hercules. Uh, you have Mulan with Cinderella, if I'm not mistaken. You have, but they're really well edits of like Mulan and, you know, they're like friends, but Cinderella's like, oh, I love her. And, you know, the end, you know. Uh, so there's Hercules and, and Aladdin. I forget. It was, it was Aurora with, uh, I forget who, who Aurora was paired. I think she was paired with Ariel. Okay. Or Belle. I no, Belle was paired with, I think, uh, Pocahontas. Okay. But it, like, it's just this amazing thing. And then, um, I mean, I live in a land of fanfic, so like, I always forget when I come back into watching Marvel movies. All oh, right, Captain America and Iron Man, they're not. Speaking of Disney princesses. <laughs> Talk about a good Disney princess, Iron Man. Leia is not a Disney princess. Oh, don't you dare. <laughs> Leia. If I have to choose my favorite Disney princess, can I choose Leia? Because I was going to ask to end it because we're an hour and 20 minutes in. The end. I was going to ask you, like, what's your favorite non Disney princess? And we can. Leia. Star Wars and Marvel. Fuck just... it. Leia. She's Leia's just amazing. She's my favorite character in the entire Star Wars universe. She's, she's just amazing. brilliant from the very first time that you see her. And it's the whole plot has been rescue the princess, rescue the princess. And immediately she goes, wait, that's your plan? Your plan is stupid. I'm taking over right now. I'm the princess. You guys are idiots. How did you make it this far? I don't know. But right now, and I love her because she's like... You ne- she never lets you forget the fact that she has been running a planet. Yeah. She is a senator. She is like... Yeah. A career politician. She's not only like a figurehead. She's, she's, she's in charge. And she... 
like watches a planet be destroyed, her oh, planet that is be destroyed, and still she doesn't blab. She's in the middle of a war, and everyone's yeah. like, "Oh, we're here to collect the the princess because you know this guy wants money, and this guy doesn't want to be a farmer." That's their motivation, and her motivation is like, "That's all very well and good, That's but cute. I have a rebellion to run. So <laughs> if you will just let us skedaddle back to your ship, so I can strike down this fucking empire." Like she is the one that's calling the yes. shots, and yes. I love just Leia. Leia forever. Leia is Who's your favorite non-Disney princess? Who's my favorite non-Disney princess? I just—I thought about this two seconds ago, and now, and now I am. I know I. I totally princess know. Diana. No. The people's princess. Not at all. Um, which princess? Princess Margaret. Princess Margaret. I've been watching way too much Crown. I can't. So I, couldn't, I couldn't tell. It's so good. Well, it's known from Game of Thrones, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, maybe DreamWorks princess? No. It's not. It's on any of the. How about Lady Lyanna Stark? No, no, not Lyanna. Lyanna, the other with the other one, Sansa. Mormont. Mormont. Lyanna Mormont. I don't. I don't really know. I mean, I, I know Sansa from Game of Thrones, but uh, no. Let me. I, I had an answer to this. I had an answer to this in my brain, and my brain has let me down. Well, maybe it will come to you. Why don't we finish by you telling me your least favorite Disney? My least favorite Disney princess? princess slash film because they will probably go together. Right? Uh, my least favorite Disney princess slash film. Uh, wow, who could it be? It's not. A, I mean, I, we didn't mention Vanellope from Wreck-It Ralph, but it's not her. Um, I think my least favorite would have to be. I mean, I don't know. I like. I like most. Which, which Disney movie didn't I like? Uh, what's your list favorite? Uh, Aurora. Well, and her nothing. movie. Just, her movie is just a bunch of sketches yeah. put together. Like, I like Maleficent. I like how petty Maleficent is in the original film because obviously then they, you know... The, the, expanded. They expanded. And I liked it, by the way. I loved the Maleficent movie. I think it was very, very good. It's a different story, but yeah. I like it. But in the original one, she literally kills a child or curses a child to die because she was not invited to a party. Yes. She was, that's her motivation, and I love her for She's it. She's amazing. But Aurora is the blandest yeah. thing. She's just like, ha, 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 ha. And everything yeah. is good in that movie except her. That's my problem. Because the, fa- the, the fairies are funny. The fairies pretending to be normal is hilarious and Maleficent Maleficent is so funny as well and she's a really good villain and the last sequence of the final battle against Maleficent is really epic like what they did with the animation it was just fantastic Um, and even the little the weird comedy things of the king's hanging out yeah. and just deciding their future and getting progressively drunker and drunker while they decide their future. Uh, it's funny. Even the fact that the queen, because Aurora has a mother, the queen has two lines. We've counted them. A friend of mine <laughs> and I counted them because the movie begins and then uh, uh, Maleficent shows up in a, in a rage of green fires like, I was not invited to this party. And the queen goes, I'm sorry, don't be offended. And then... <laughs> you can't sit with us. No, she was like, don't be offended, please. That's her first line. And her second line is when the, when the, um, when Maleficent says, she will prick her finger with a needle and she will die. And the emperor, uh, the empress, and the queen goes, oh no! That's it. We never hear from her again. We presume she died of the plague. This is just <laughs> this is just me saying why is she absent? Because clearly there was there was need for a reason in this at this table. I think and under the same line, my least favourite Disney Princess would actually be Snow White. 
Oh, even though she's the OG, she's first of all, I think she's thirteen canonically. So, which, well, but she can, she can, like, she can clean a house. Yes, she can. I mean, well, I like, if at thirteen you can't clean a house, I mean, what are you doing with your kids? <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I guess I don't have a problem with Snow White because I look at Snow White and the Seven Dwarves as a historical piece. It's it just, is. You no longer, ex- you don't even expect her to be interesting. Because she's just there. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't have anything against her per se. But if I had to choose, like, if I, if, like, I told, if I were told, you are never gonna be able to watch another Disney film for the rest of your life. That's probably gonna be. Yeah, it. I don't know. I, I just like the historical of movie that kind of that animation. Like, there's so many other Disney. I mean, it was 1939. I wouldn't watch. Yeah. 1939. I mean, it was a mammoth project. Yes. Like animation wouldn't yes. be what animation is right now no. without Snow White. I mean. That's pretty, pretty much it. And I like the queen, Snow White. I like the it. evil queen. She doesn't even have a name. The evil queen. She's just the evil queen. Okay, I have a favorite princess right now. Okay. And it's actually a whole, fav- a whole favorite princess roster. I got into Ever After High because it's this Mattel uh, story. It's a Mattel cartoon which brought, it was brought along with a whole toy line. Do you, you remember Monster High? No. Okay, well... Then I'll forget Monster High. Ever After High, it's a high school of the children of... Uh, this is so my shit. It's a high school of the children of all of the fairy tale characters. So you have the, the daughter of uh, the evil queen. Uh, you have the daughter of Snow White, who's Apple White. You're telling me they all found husbands? I don't think they so. They all found husbands. They're all... And it's weird because, like, each princess has, like... It's, King and Queen, like Snow White has uh, Apple White, but she's also destined to marry. Like the whole thing, the whole thing with, with Royal R- Royal um, Ever After High is that uh, all of the children of the fairy tales come into school and they have to either relive their parents' fairy tale and be royals, or do, carve their own story and be rebels. So uh, the daughter of the evil queen. Um, she, who's Raven Queen, she decides that she's not going to be the villain, so she becomes a rebel. And so this screws Apple White's uh, life because she needs the villain to find her prince. Um, and the the style is what well, it's it's very bratsy in the style. Look for Ever After High, please. Ever After High, and judge me as you as you do. But they have like the daughter of Pinocchio. They have the daughter of the. Uh, How did the... Pinocchio have a daughter? <laughs> well, he did become a real boy. Well, yeah, but he was a boy. Yeah, but like, yeah. And the daughter of Pinocchio is a real girl. No, she's she's a she's a puppet. Well, she's a wooden thing. She's called what's her name? So basically, Cinder. Pinocchio approached Geppetto and was like, "I want a daughter." Basically, apparently. that's disgusting. I can uh, see. It. Okay. Well, this the... is. That's the daughter of the evil queen. That's that's the main character. That's uh, Raven Queen and Apple White. Apple White. Yeah. Because her last name is White. Yes. She named her after the thing that killed her. <laughs> Snow, honey. <laughs> Snow. It's like I. Am... Oh, and this and, and this series also has the trope of true love's kids being from your best friend. Actually, she. I think Raven Queen revives Apple White. Rubbish. Apple. Seriously, it's like I am deathly allergic to shellfish. <laughs> this is my son, King Crab. Just, <laughs> what? No. No, you can't do that. And you that. have the daughter of uh, Goldlocks, and you have the daughter of. Uh, you have the son I of. I can see there's a lot of characters here. Yeah, the, that's the daughter of. Uh, that's Briar Rose, which is the daughter of Sleeping Beauty. 
then you that's um that's the daughter of the Mad Hatter. And there's like the daughter. The Mad Hatter found found someone to consent. I'm Apparently. sorry, but I'm sorry. And then you have the daughter of the of the Queen of Hearts, there's the daughter of that's here. Cheshire, that's Kitty. The Cheshire Hat had a human daughter. Well, she can turn into a cat. Of course she can. And that's one of my, one of my favorite characters, actually, the Cheshire Kitty. Uh, you have you have several princes, but all of the princes are kind of related, apparently. Um, yeah, that is actually quite re- you know historically realistic. There's the son of Humpty are- Dumpty, who's a prince for some reason. He just sits on a wall all the time. It's like Humpty, <laughs> learn from history, man. You can't be sitting on a wall all the time. Like, then, what, but what could possibly happen? And then the daughter of Red Riding Hood has a sister that's the daughter of the bad, big bad wolf. This is the son of Humpty Dumpty. Yeah, that's the son of Humpty Dumpty. What's his name? I forget. Hum- Humphrey Dumpty. Humphrey Dumpty. <laughs> I, that is so my shit. I feel myself that is becoming so my stupid. Shit. This he's, is... he's holding a handful of eggs. Well, you know. What to do? Well, he's going to break them. I mean, well, you know, but but here's the thing: like the the story is really really questionable in everything, and like the logic is at best dubious. But I watched I've watched most of it, and I find it to be super entertaining. Well, is is that your recommendation? No, that's not my recommendation. Yeah, sure, that's my recommendation. Ever after high, watch it, judge me. What's your recommendation? Oh wait, I I have to find what I was watching because it was like you you know what marriage story. No, I wasn't terribly. Um, Oh, okay. I have to I have to uh, recommend this amazing documentary that is on Netflix. Maybe you've seen it because it came out last year, but I only just saw it. It's called Behind the Curve, and it's about flat earthers. Yeah, I can't get enough of shit like this. Like, if they tell me there's a like a, a a fringe group of people who believe that the best food you can eat is tree bark, and this is literally all they eat, I will watch the shit out of it because it makes me feel that I've got my life together. <laughs> very often, very often I will feel that my life is not together. Very often I will feel, you know, this is pretty close to spinning out of control and then I realise that there's grown-ups who are going around trying to convert people into believing that the earth is flat and I feel better about myself. I know that a lot of people who are very obsessive with cleaning, they watch hoarders to feel themselves be less unsuccessful than they are. Well, this is my equivalent. It's actually a very good documentary. It's because they... (laughs) My my favourite part of the documentary is they obviously... they, They want to be... They're really trying. The creators of the documentary are trying to be yes. as fair as possible. Yeah, they want to give them their fair chance. Yeah. As fair as possible to them. And in order to do that, they have to approach actual physicists. I believe these physicists are from either UCLA or, you know, some very, 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 very clever people. People who are cleverer than you and I will ever be. Um, and at some point, <laughs> well, a physicist who is like this really gorgeous uh, girl with the glasses and the purple hair, as you can tell, she's like, she's got on her on her seventh yeah. PhD and she's like twenty four, and she is being asked. She has been asked by the production to approach her her colleague and ask him in a nonchalant way, "How do you feel about flat earthers?" But she <laughs> she goes to his desk and she goes, "So, so Brian," and she's cracking <laughs> herself, "So Brian." How do you feel about when she's just like trying to how do you feel about flat earthers? And the guy who's sitting at a computer just looks at her and he just face palms and she and he doesn't answer anything and she goes, 
do you feel there might be something to that? And he's just like, no. It's so funny and it's so interesting. I like how people get to believe these things because they just want there to be a conspiracy. And I, I know. love that shit. I love everything. Like, if you, if anyone is listening and knows of any kind of documentary, you see people in these fringe societies. Have you seen the the H Bomber guy video on flat Earth? No, I haven't. You should watch H Bomber. H Bomber guy. Okay. So anyway, um, this has been a very long episode. Yeah. Next episode to close our quintology will be Disney <laughs> We're have villains. Idea. Fuck it, Disney villains. Uh, so for now, this is goodbye. You can find Martin Leon at Mint Honorel all across social media. And you can find Luis Augusto at Mr. Drama all across social media. Follow us. Uh, at tell Mexican us, tell us your favorite Disney princess. Um, watch uh, Suggest Ever After High. things. Tell us stuff. We're so alone. We're so lonely. And we don't really care. So, have a nice week. Thank you for stopping by. Have a lovely week. Bye. Bye.